Hi, this is Grumpy Recorders, and uh, yeah, today we are talking a little bit about, uh, uh, let's say, the last year, right? Because this is the last episode of the year, and uh, so our idea, because we are kind of a bit lazy, right? And uh, actually, we should not say we are lazy, we are busy, 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 right? Is uh, to just go over... Um, the episodes which we recorded over the last 12 months and uh, I'll kind of talk quickly about them and uh, maybe inspire you to listen to them if you did not already, right? And with me is Thomas. Uh, Thomas. Hello. Hello, so, hello. Yeah, that's all you hear from Thomas today, right? <laughs> 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 that's it. That's my audio track. Yeah. Okay. So, Thomas, what, what what was your favorite episode last year? Should we should we maybe start with this one? Uh, talking I think, about this one. I think that's an easy one, and I think we agree. It we probably have the same one. So it's, I don't know which one of the two, but the uh, women in tech one was fantastic. So it's what's between that and the the dark side one. I'm, yeah, I'm, thank I'm, you. Thanks to Elena, right, for, yes. for contributing to it's it's just because of the guest, let's say, right? That this is the best one. <laughs> That's it, yeah. A good guest just just makes an episode. It was an interesting topic. I didn't expect to it to come to communism and, and all that, but that's sometimes yeah, how it happens. Yeah. <laughs> It surprised me as well, right? So I was really surprised by the fact that we we started in, with something like uh, I, I mean, actually a little bit of politics. I would have expected, right? Okay, uh, because because I, I, not this kind of politics. Uh, I think uh, more something about uh, empowering women uh, and stuff like this, right? And this is also a right. political agenda in a in a sense, right? But. Uh, um, I, I didn't I didn't imagine or expect to talk about communism uh, during no. this episode. That's <laughs> uh, that's for sure true. Right? But I was really surprised by it. Uh, but uh, yeah, if the listeners here want to hear more about that, uh, they they might just listen to this episode. It's actually kind of kind of interesting. And the second one, I guess, is the dark side, right? Which you I think so. Of, yeah, uh, that's. I don't know which mentioned. one is number two or number one of the two. I could kind of these two are my favorite. Yeah, yeah the, the dark side I think um, so what was actually interesting was to see that the episodes that are, are let's say had less technical uh, aspects were observed as the better ones uh, not just by metrics or numbers or whatever but uh, more by the fact that uh, people got engaged uh, and uh, the kind yeah. type of feedback the depth the depth of the feedback we got right for them was also uh, was also different uh, than That's for very the good. technical yeah. technical ones right is, is there a conclusion here should we just stop talking about technical stuff and just focus on everything else. I'm not sure, right? Because in a sense, we're doing this here also for ourselves, right? And not That's just true. for the listeners. Uh, the wow. recording of this podcast has very selfish motivations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, I guess if it interests people, that's a bonus, basically. Uh, yeah. Exactly, exactly. But um, uh, And given that we are more, more or less techies and uh, people that like to talk about tech stuff, right, it would be a little bit strange to... Uh, to stop talking about tech stuff. Uh, uh, but interesting is anyway that uh, the one which was called the dark side, right, uh, which was really more talking about the negative uh, aspects of being in the tech industry, 
um, around, uh, let's say, burnout, uh, mental health issues, uh, stuff which is yeah. kind of commonly seen in our industry, right? As, as side effects. Uh, again, if the listeners want to learn more about it, they need to listen to these, this episode. But it, it was interesting that this echoed quite well, right? We got a lot of good feedback about it. And um, mm. also people that are non, yeah, let's say non-technical personas uh, actually listened to it and, and provided really good feedback, right? So Yeah, I think that, that tells you how widespread these issues are. I mean, I've, I've even heard of things like mental health epidemic recently because so many people are suffering from things like this. So I kind of had a suspicion that this would resonate with listeners. And it seems like it has, which is good, which is great. As I say, if it even helps one one person to deal with something and just get the feeling that they're not the only ones, they're not alone, then that's helpful, right? Yeah, indeed. Indeed, whereby the conclusion of the episode was that uh, or don't don't use us in any way to get help. Or of whatever, course right? not. So that. don't see this uh, get professional. <laughs> help. We're just if random you, internet idiots. From, from, yeah, from, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, not uh, not <laughs> random. Well, we are. Idiots. Come on. Not, uh, <laughs> okay, uh, I am then. Not any yeah. kind of uh, podcaster or YouTuber or whatever, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, by, by the way, talking about YouTubers, um, Thomas oh. and I, we had the idea maybe to start a Twitch channel. So you can't just hear us then oh, yeah. and also see us. Maybe this is something we should start next year, right? But who, who and, would want to uh, see us? You know, that's that's the other I'm problem. Not sure, right? uh, we, <laughs> we want to see us as each other, but we do anyway, right? When recording this podcast. That's true. Um, no, it's worth a try. Why not? You know. People might enjoy ah, it. I, let's see. Let's see. We could do this just for trying it out, right? Yeah. Uh, so be prepared for next year, right? Special episode about Crumpy uh, Quarters <laughs> on Twitch. Not just uh, audio, yes. also also in video, right? We apologize in, in advance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now in color and whatever. Um, what else? Um, yeah, actually, I I I have. I had this idea that we might want to do something like um, a German-speaking episode, or not sure okay. if this is a good idea. Um, did you? I mean, I, how open yeah. are you? Um, that's. Hmm, I hadn't thought about this, but yeah, it it makes the German the German edition, right? The Trumpy old quarters, the German edition. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's worth a try. We could just do it and see what the response is. If people yeah. say, what is this craziness, then we stop, right? It's I, worth I a try. I mean, I'm up for it. Maybe there's no value, right? Because most of the German tech guys can actually speak That's the English okay-ish, right? So, you kind of uh, have to because all the tools and all the things, all the yeah. documentation is in English. So you have to if you're in this industry. Yeah. I mean, maybe not perfectly as uh, i'm a good example right i'm not uh, perfectly speaking english but uh okayish uh, let's say okayish no I'm, it, it uh, sounds good right. to me why, why not why yeah not yeah, I, yeah 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 um okay so then what else did we had we had the, the woman in tech we had the dark side so episode 11 and 13 and then there was this episode 12 in between Episode 12 uh, was about uh, uh, a little toy project of mine, right? An oh, art the art project thing. A, that was yeah, awesome. with a local artist. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that was really good, actually. 
yeah, not as deep as the other stuff, right? But uh, maybe interesting for for people that like to do some some exactly. little tech hacks with an Arduino or whatever, right? What what was it called? Th things, the the things. Or what was the title again of that one? Because it just was about thingies, IoT, basically. Just thingies. Just yeah. thingies, yeah. Just thingies. So maybe the title didn't represent it well, but um, the, it was yeah. interesting. The, the art project and the embedded technology, it was really interesting. Yeah, exactly. To Listen to this episode. Listen to this episode. Mm. Yeah, maybe we should promote the ones that have less listens and... <laughs> <laughs> more here right now just now no, we honestly, explained I'm... it uh we leaked what, what the intention yeah. of this but but uh, i was actually learning about i wasn't involved in this project at all and i was learning about it sort of during the podcast recording and sort of as a as a bystander if you like as an uninvolved witness i, I found it interesting i really did yeah maybe others yeah. do as well uh, nice little side effect but uh, yeah, and mm. uh, another side effect is that this artist sold some of his art, uh, right? Not because of the podcast, obviously, but uh, in, in general. Uh, because of the part actual of this art. Exhibition, yeah. Yeah, because of the actual art. So <laughs> uh, yeah, if you if you want to buy it, right? Vabato uh, uh, stuff, right? Then you will find him in social media or just reach out to me. Uh, but okay. uh, really interesting stuff. It's kind of uh, a little bit... I'm not sure how to describe it. Uh, it's a it's a single character art. So this uh, character Vabato is is basically looking like a like a like a robot in a sense. And this robot is put into specific scenes. And as mentioned during the podcast, they are a little bit more critical sometimes. Sometimes a bit more funny and so on. Right. Um, so for um, instance, one one project or one piece of art he has is basically that uh, there's one which has the color red which is surrounded by a lot of green ones, uh, let's say, right? And he is rearranging uh, the scene uh, uh, frequently by, by taking photos and then publishes the photos. Uh, about that and uh, i think the original idea of this uh, of this uh, uh, art or piece of art was basically to show that uh, you can be the one in in the middle of of many let's say right by by being by having your your own characteristics uh, by standing out a little bit right so at least this would be my interpretation of this okay. this one right so it's very uplifting sounds very good we don't have an affiliate link, right? Where we get 10% of the art sales, do we? Nah, nah, we don't. Nah, have, right. But, okay. um, Just I, checking. I think he deserves uh, he deserves whatever he's getting oh, yeah. for, for his art. Uh, so Absolutely. I'm, I'm, the, uh, I'm taking the freedom to promote this a bit. But this uh, this episode was more about an art project, as Thomas already said, which was uh, done with an Arduino, which kind of had the idea to take this single uh, uh, character, uh, so meaning this Vabato figure, right? There was one sculpture, which mm. was... Uh, uh, figure of, of such a Vabato uh, creature and uh, uh, the idea was to to kind of give it a bit of life uh, let's say right by uh, by having a something which follows the observer right so when the observer moves around in front of it it should turn the head uh, towards the observer right this was the and this was realized uh, uh, with the help of the arduino uh, platform right so if you, if you are interested in iot right dear listeners then maybe you would like to listen a little bit uh, to uh, how we did this and or how i did this together with this artist and uh, yeah uh, maybe interesting but not as good as the dark side and also not as good as a woman in tech i have to say right mm. 
Now, yeah. what else did we have? We had um, coding. No, actually, data what? Data what was the episode before that? Data what? Data what? Uh, which uh, which which sounded more funny? Let's say right when uh, when I thought initially about the title, I was like, hey, you know, I want to have something which sounds a little bit like. Doctor Who, right? And uh, then yeah, the, I remember. the joke was not really transferred via the title, and I had to explain it too much. Uh, yeah. Now the second time, right? Which makes context it even worse. got lost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the data what actually refers to data science and uh, also data engineering. And mm. if you remember, we talked a little bit about uh, what data engineering is, what data science is, uh, which roles they play, um, how. Something like uh, traditional, uh, let's say, uh, stuff evolved more towards what we see today, right? Um, yeah. ML ops. Uh, I think we also slightly touched on on feature stores and so on. Actually, I was lucky to to gain some additional experience in between about feature stores, right? So maybe I, we can do another episode in the future or next year, talking a little bit about uh, uh, feature stores in the context of of ML ops because I had to do some some training uh, for one of my customers about it, right? Okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. That sounds good. I've been, it's on my list for ages to do more stuff with data, to get deeper into machine learning. I just didn't get around to it. And this is something I need to address. I mean, there's plenty of training material in, in AWS internally. It's just me scheduling the time to actually do it. And that is on me. And that's one of my New Year's resolution to get better at that and sharpen the saw a little bit and dive into that so so yeah another episode in that sounds great if it's nothing else than just for my education yeah yeah i i think it's uh it's also something which is evolving right uh, within the market oh, yeah. so yeah, there are of course uh, more and more open source projects that are getting traction around stuff like that right because uh let's say ai uh ml ai is getting more and more commodity right uh, so mm. it's it's leaving the stage where it is just a buzzword, let's say, right? Uh, so people actually think about uh, how to productionize it, and uh, with this uh, need to productionize it more, uh, this this kind of ML ops is uh, is rising, and uh, with this uh, also new uh, new approaches how to simplify architectures are kind of coming, uh, let's say, right? It's actually nice stuff. But we will talk about this later, right? We got a bit distracted <laughs> talking too much already about Well, we already it, so, have so, talked about it. Uh, so, haven't we? In the episode. Yeah. In the episode a bit. Yeah, exactly. But not extensively. No. We, we kind of touched on it. But uh, yeah. Um, then there was episode number nine, which was uh, about coding with Kotlin. Uh, coding with Kotlin. Uh, yeah, I actually like this one. Uh, it was my proposal, so I'm a bit biased. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, to, <coughs> to be honest, what didn't work well was the fact to do coding and code explanations via a medium, yeah, which is I'm, a podcast. Right? I, I would love to see some feedback on this because I'm, I'm wondering that. We were like, you know, go to this GitHub address and now go to this file, go to line 30, and this is what happens now. And I wonder if listeners were actually following these steps. 
So yeah, it, it would be interesting uh, to hear feedback. Yeah, maybe it's not the right medium. I don't know. I mean, we're still we're still figuring this out as we go, right? Exactly. And maybe it was not too much about the the actual code itself. Uh, you right? know, this so would be a Twitch thing, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. This would yeah. be a good thing. Maybe we should do some code walkthroughs uh, via Twitch. Uh, this this would be great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the uh, crumpy old coder coder video edition or whatever we call this <laughs> now uh, even grumpier yeah let, let's say i think what the coding with kotlin stuff was actually more about is that uh, we talked about some obvious advantages of u- using kotlin over maybe java or others right yeah and we we talked more but i mean we use this kind of um, our toy project of mine i think an event loop or uh, something mm-hmm. like this yeah as a loop. as a as an entry point uh, to the language right but at the end it was not really the uh, the uh, the project itself which uh, was kind of uh, in the in the focus it was more about uh, yeah and uh, you would use uh, encoding kotlin and kotlin this or that construct over this or that right uh, you mm. would uh, for instance uh, uh, have some shorter syntax or you have different ways to use construct a default constructor much ne- more neat than, than in java whatever right so so meaning yeah uh, i think it was more stuff like this right instead of anything else yeah and i remember comparing it with typescript at at all places i said yeah and my feeling was i agree with you it's definitely an improvement over Java, this, these nice little shorthands are good, but yeah, for me, TypeScript obviously is the language that makes the most sense for the sort of thing I do. So talking you haven't converted me. <laughs> talking about Java, before I forget it, right? Uh, the, uh, did you see the security, uh, the security breach? Mm, uh, did I ever uh, <laughs> about uh, lock lock for J? Man, what the hell? Ah, uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean. Uh, as you can imagine, the, the internal chats in AWS were on fire about all this stuff and the, you know, all the patching that was going on. As you can imagine, all the managed services need to be patched as fast as possible. You know, we got pinged about our customer projects. You know, have you updated your Elasticsearch or whatever to the latest version and all of that stuff? So ah, yeah, okay. it was very much all hands on deck at AWS, the log4j stuff. And apparently the, the fix now also has a problem. Ah, has uh, it? I, I yeah. didn't follow this. Uh, okay, interesting. But, but yeah, it's 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 all, as, as far as I know, it's all remediated. All the vulnerabilities that we know of at this point are, of course, remediated. But um, yeah, this was quite something, the log4j thing. Were you affected yeah, by that at Reddit? It's very widely used, right? I mean, it's. Uh, uh, I mean, mm. honestly, I, I I tended to use more the the. Uh, I th- think with one version of Java, uh, one version of the JDK, they introduced uh, a kind of uh, an unlocking uh, system, uh, which was very similar to the stuff which Log4j offered, right? Which was not the case in the in the past, past, past. Let's <laughs> say mm. so. I, I tended to use more the bit the built-in one, but uh, it was kind of shocking, right? Because it's a widely used uh, locking library, right? It is. I I think if I remember it was it was something like well it's it's a very clever library as well so you can you can reference stuff so it it was about the URL that allows you to draw in external code which allows that code to be Mm -hmm. executed under the Mm -hmm. context 
of your solution, which is yeah, probably GN, the worst breach possible. GNDI, GNDI or something. Or something. Yeah, some exactly. URL lookup thing that went wrong. So yeah, exactly. And and this kind of uh, let's say, uh, yeah. I guess this solved some other problems, right, with dependency management and whatever. But uh, mm. it is uh, it is kind of uh, interesting how this uh, this yeah let's make our life a little bit simpler kind of uh, <laughs> comes out as a as a real security concern. Uh, let's say right. Uh, anyway, this was kind of one of the hot topics uh, last week, right? Uh, yep. So yeah. now coding with Kotlin, uh, just because Kotlin also runs on the JVM. Uh, so now what else? Open world. I actually open world was one of our most successful ones. Uh, really? This was with the yeah, I've got a number of listens. Uh, let's say right. Uh -huh. uh, and I think it, because it was with the crumpy, uh, sorry, we are the crumpy coders, so the Linux in laws, right? So, um, <laughs> meaning, okay. well, who are we? we are who are we again? Yeah. Where uh, am I? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, my name is David, sorry. Uh, is it? <laughs> uh, I think so. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Uh, no, with the Linux in laws, there we actually were guests with the Linux in laws guys uh, last week. Right, uh, more two mm. weeks ago, two weeks ago, maybe? some time ago, yeah, yeah a couple some of time weeks, ago. Yeah. I think the episode the, was released last week, but uh, yes, um, the year so, end thing, yeah, yeah, the year end, and uh, and there we are always the, the guests as Crappy Quarter, so I was kind of a bit confused about this, uh, but yeah, uh, the Linux and Laws guys were, were guests, I think, for, for the open world episode. Um, and we, we just talked about open source and uh, the role of open source and, and so on. And I think this was a good one as well, right? Uh, I think so of, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is reflected in numbers indeed as well. But uh, I, I guess what happened there is also that uh, the the listeners of the uh, yeah. Linux and Laws kind of listened to our podcast as well. And they would have cross-promoted that. Yeah, yeah it sure. was cross-promoted, but it dropped afterwards again, which means that I'm not sure what is what this is telling us, right? So <laughs> maybe maybe I maybe we basically attracted new people, right? So hardcore open source fans, and then mm -hmm. uh, we I scared them away with Kotlin again, right? I well, guess this is what happened. <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, <laughs> what what's the lesson learned? No more Kotlin. No. <laughs> no hipster programming languages, right? Except Rust. Uh, oh yeah, Rust. Uh, a few Rust. weeks ago, right? Rust if, is uh, one of the hipster programming listening. languages, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is highly <laughs> accepted within the. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we did we did chat about that, didn't we? With the in-laws and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I yeah, was yeah. like, so, right um, tool for the job, sort of thing. Uh, so maybe time to do some cross marketing. There is an episode, the last episode of the Linux and Laws, which you can uh, hear on Hacker Public Radio, right? Uh, so mm -hmm. HPR. Um, yeah, if, if you like listening to us, uh, you might uh, like to listen to this little little fight. Or, or well, actually, our conversations with them are always a little bit like. Uh, I would not say heated up, but we we tend to to have our little our tiny uh, controversial uh, discussions. Yeah. Uh, let's say in a in a very friendly way, indeed. Very friendly uh, banter. I think banter is the right word. A bit of banter. back and forth banter. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
maybe maybe but uh i, I mean let's say christoph and uh yeah uh, martin they they have a good sense of humor as well they, yeah uh, absolutely say, right i really and, like those uh, guys yeah. I, exactly so meaning meaning uh I'm not sure if this is coming through this podcast here, but I usually I'm quite sarcastic, right? Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Whereby the sense of humor they have is slightly different, right? It's not just sarcasm. sarcasm it's, it's more it's, surreal. The sense of humor yeah, is it's a little bit more it's surreal a, than ours. And it's, it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's a little bit more... It's quite uh, nice. I like it. Yeah, I like it as yeah. well, but it's uh, it's uh, if, if, so just a warning to our listeners, right? It's sometimes a bit crazy, let's say. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Reality changes during the hour that you listen to it. Yeah, yeah. By, yeah, by intention, I guess. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah. good fun oh. though. Everyone should listen to them. I think exactly, exactly. Listen to the Nooks and Laws. Um, so now EP7 was Dockwork, and uh, Dockwork, I think, was about uh, containers, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, as the name is indicating, and we had Thomas Frank as a, as a guest. Uh, uh, Tom, Thomas Frank, actually, right? Thomas so Frank, yes, yes, yes. Uses Kubernetes. Uh, yeah. Talking about Kubernetes, uh, he was our Kubernetes expert in this episode, uh, working for a consultancy company in Germany that does a, a bunch of uh, Kubernetes. Uh, so yeah, um, let's say this this doc work stuff, uh, as mentioned before, right? So Kubernetes is now used widely in production. Uh, this was not always the case, uh, let's say, right? And uh, yeah. Um, if you want to learn more about Kubernetes, Docker, containers, uh, stuff like this, right? Uh, this one uh, might be interesting. I think, what did you mention? Docker for desktop, Do right? And Docker, Docker desktop, yeah. Did we talk about Docker desktop already? So uh, Docker desktop, I think, is widely used in the IT industry for undevelopment laptops. So most developers would have a Docker desktop on it. But now it's been commercial. Right, so you need to pay something, and of course, big IT companies are now thinking about, okay, what are we going to do now? Now that it's commercial, obviously, I'm yeah. not allowed to say what AWS is planning, but um, yeah, everybody <laughs> needs to everybody needs to address this in some way. Yeah. But you know, in a, in a sense, Docker Docker or for desktop is not really a big thingy. I mean, they they are now commercializing on it in a, in a way, right? But I, I I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but there it is nothing you can't solve with a with a Linux virtual machine on your Mac computer or with a on your Windows computer or oh yeah um, on on Linux natively, right? So you can just run Docker and uh, Docker itself is is indeed not uh, commercial. Uh, under commercial license let's say uh, at least and even if it mm. would be there are other container solutions that are more or less working exactly are uh, uh, the same way right uh, mm. so meaning compatible meaning, even yeah exactly podman or whatever it is is it podman mm. uh, i, I, I don't know but yeah there are there are several what's that container d thing i think we talked about this with thomas frank as well which is, is container D part of Docker or is that a standalone engine? I don't remember, but something like that. Yeah, Podman IO. Um, what's mm. that? Podman has Docker Compose features and makes it easier to transition. 
your compose workloads and so on, right? So uh, I, I was just reading one sentence from the documentation. Ah, what is Podman? Uh, Podman is a demonless container engine for developing, managing, and running OCI containers okay. on your Linux system, right? Which means, uh, um, and they actually kind of pro propose you to simply put an alias Docker equals Podman <laughs> into, okay. your, into your environment and it should work out of the box, uh, okay, let's say, right? So so the executable and presumably the CLI is completely command compatible as a drop-in replacement. Well, that sounds uh, good to uh, me. Exactly. Nice that's that's the idea. That's the idea. Should, to be honest, yeah. we should probably get Thomas Frank on again and chat to him about the new developments. I don't know. That's a thought yeah. maybe for next year, if he's but up for it. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. We can clearly invite him. But as far as I understand, right, the Docker uh, command and also the Docker I.O. package, or if you install this under under Linux, for instance, right, mm -hmm. is not is not not under commercial license. You, no, you no, can, it's just Docker Desktop. It's yeah, just yeah. Docker Desktop. And what is Docker Desktop? I mean, Do Docker Desktop is really nothing else than running a, a virtual machine on my Mac, uh, right, behind the scenes, which is uh, configured. Uh, by Docker Desktop and uh, kind of just uh, yeah forwards whatever I'm I'm using on as, on this machine on as Docker commands right uh, uh, over to this uh, virtual machine right uh, so it's it's not uh, I mean there is some usability value for me right but I can derive it out using Docker Desktop let's say right yeah on on the other hand side I mean to be fair right given the fact that I'm working since my since I for open source companies it's also fair that they are kind of monetizing uh, sure. on their on their stuff, right? I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it's 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 up to them. money at some point, right? The exactly, investment runs out sometimes. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's up to them to kind of decide oh, which yeah. license models, and they didn't close everything. I mean, it would be hard anyway, given the the licensing. Uh, development licenses they have choo chosen in the past, but uh, it's a Docker desktop. Fine, it's it's for convenience, right? Uh, you mm -hmm. can you can live without it. Uh, it is more convenient to to use it, and uh, why not pay for it, right? Uh, yeah, especially uh, for me, I, I run on Ubuntu natively on my work laptop, and I I don't even need this because Docker runs natively. I use the CLI, so Docker desktop provides nothing that i need really but it's different yeah. for mac and and of course for windows as well what i just what i just tried ours out which is also having having some kind of vendor lock-in uh, characteristics is uh multi-pass right i'm not sure if you know multi-pass 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 oh multi-pass as in the film the fifth element. Mul okay. Uh, is it is it like in a film multipass? Okay. Well, um, if you say uh, multipass to me, that is the first thing that comes to my mind. Uh, maybe I pronounced yeah. it incorrectly, but yeah, multipass then. Uh, so this is a uh, this is a solution which is kind of uh, offered by Canonical. Uh, so the the, the creators of uh, oh, Ubuntu. Yeah, I think I've seen this. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of a little. It's it's kind of uh, yeah, also not rocket science. So it's basically using a hypervisor behind the scenes in order to bring uh, Ubuntu virtual machines up and running, but only Ubuntu, uh, as far as I can see. And then yeah. for con convenience, uh, you you have uh, this little uh, multi-pass icon in the tray or in the in the how is this called in in macOS, right? What you would call the tray in windows <laughs> anyway uh so so you you have it there and you you can basically then uh directly log in uh from there with the 
get a click of a button to a shell, which is then uh, running in your Linux uh, virtual machine, right? And um, I think in a, in a sense, right, uh, this uh, replaces Docker for desktop uh, on my Mac entirely for me, right? Mm -hmm. I, I kind of configure just a, a Docker host uh, Ubuntu machine there, uh, uh, run it on startup of my of my box, right? And whenever I need it, I cl click there on this little icon, open a shell to this box and then use Docker. Uh, that's it. I've used right. it as well. Yeah, it's really convenient. Um, I'm assuming it's very easy if you want a port mapping or something into one of the VMs. I assume there's a CLI command that you can just run. Yeah, I didn't, didn't explore too much, but I guess this okay. is the case, right? Actually, the reason why I tried it out is, and uh, this is maybe also something we we didn't discuss too much, or uh, but it's worth to mention, right? Mm -hmm. As something which happened uh, uh, this year is, uh, I'm I'm kind of struggling to run some of my containers on m1 right it's a little bit a nightmare i have to oh, say right oh, the okay. m1 uh, I, I mean the m1 is oh, really oh. great regarding performance and so on right i really like the m1 regarding uh, the performance it, it was actually awesome to see that especially for some video production stuff mm -hmm. right it outperformed my my core i9 uh, machine right so very beefy amazing pro yeah, yeah. Uh, and the MacBook Pro, the i9, uh, had uh, seriously some, some thermal issues, right? It was heating up quite too much and then had performance degradations because of the heat issues and whatever, uh, mm. right? So so meaning in a, in a sense, uh, the, uh, the, uh, our, the M1 served this out of the box for me, right? It was really out of the box working much better, right? Uh, dealing with 4K video mm. and so on. Not but sure here how comes it, the butt, right? So now, but there, there comes a there comes a but. Yeah, the but is uh, what happens with your with your Docker containers, and uh, I mean there are some workarounds. Uh, as far as I understand it is, so uh, we talked with Christoph about it, and he seemed to be fine, right? Uh, and I'm I'm I mean I'm just using a normal M1, right, on my MacBook Air, uh, which I just. Uh, now this sounds strange, but I purchased it mainly for podcast recording purposes because it's fanless and doesn't have any any noisy fans and stuff like this. And I'm also using mm. it now for some video production stuff because it's actually much more powerful uh, than I thought that it would be. Uh, to be really honest, right? Uh, it's it's a it's an amazing computer, right? Uh, the form factor, the the power, uh, no fan, right? Uh, really good machine, but. Uh, but there's a but, right? And this but is that uh, at least I am not able to run all my uh, my containers on it, especially the ones that were kind of containers that based on, on something which was developed in Golang, right? Uh, gives that me is, a hard time. So yeah. um, But to be honest, that is really surprising to me. It was my understanding that it runs an x86 emulation layer very deep, probably directly in the processor, I don't know. Or you know, very very low level. Yeah, kind of Rosetta, like. and then everything Rosetta. should just work. That is by nah, nah, nah. in That's, theory, uh, right? Yeah, in theory. I mean, maybe I'm just doing something wrong. I'm not sure what. But uh, what I did is, I mean, first of all, you can't run, as we all know, Docker containers natively yet on uh, on macOS, uh, which means that uh, macOS also uses a virtual machine behind the scenes. Uh, so Docker and desktop does it the same, right? Uh, in order to run stuff. So now the virtual machine, which is running on uh, my my Mac uh, is basically 
an ARM architecture virtual machine, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, so basically, because hypervisors are not emulating stuff, um, which means that I'm running a virtual machine, which is uh, Ubuntu on ARM, right? And then, sure. um, in theory, what should happen is that, uh, yeah, whatever I'm running there should be kind of translated behind the scenes into my uh, via Rosetta into x86, uh, if I'm not mistaken, right? But maybe the problem is that I'm using an ARM virtual machine and there is some some stuff missing in, in my in my understanding. I'm not sure. Um, so what what the recommendation actually was here, right, by the community, and I followed this recommendation. It works for some of the containers. Is is uh, to to kind of run uh, the container with a flag, which is uh, like platform AMD sixty four, right, uh, and uh, this basically tells. Uh, uh, the Docker engine that this is a container which should be should run as a, as an uh, on the other architecture uh, let's say right and then Rosetta should do the the job by identifying this and and just uh, uh, emulate it behind the scenes uh, but um, in in a way it doesn't work right uh, maybe I'm if listeners here can can explain to me why then uh, please just send me a message or whatever right uh, so just relate to it but uh, it's not out of the box working for me at least okay right? well that's a bit disappointing because if if it yeah. comes you know if I could install a native Linux on such an M1 machine. Then I, you know, they're an ARM Linux. So you can't install an X. Uh, oh, so it's Linux. ARM. The M1 is ARM compatible, is it? Sort yeah, of yeah, natively, yeah, yeah. or instead yeah, another yeah. emulation? No, 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 no. It's natively compatible to ARM, so it's using uh, the same command set. So it's an ARM processor, right? So may I mean, not ARM the company, but architecture-wise, let's say, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. So which means okay. uh, which means that uh, uh, you you can run a Linux on it, but the Linux which we run is not an x86 Linux, right? It's an ARM Linux. Yeah. And okay. uh, then sense. this ARM Linux could theoretically emulate or uh, other stuff, or macOS does this for you, right? Uh, so it is able to emulate code. Uh, for instance, games, right? Uh, so, and this is also it's a, it's a I'm not sure, right? So there the way how to do gaming. So I was I'm thinking right now actually about to buy an M1 Max, right? So the biggest one. Uh, not sure yet about it, but uh, maybe for even more hardware need, demanding stuff like sure. uh, like yeah, 4K. Even the M1 is good enough for this, I would say. But if you have multiple 4K sources and uh, want to do this in real time and so on, maybe the the beefier the machine, the better. Let's say right. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially the amount of RAM. So currently I have 16 gigabyte, uh, and I think this was the maximum I could good get in this M1 MacBook Air. Uh, but uh, yeah, the Max uh, can have more RAM. And uh, yeah, I think the way how to do gaming on it. Not that I would use gaming on it, but I, I watched a little bit uh, some some YouTube videos. Is you install a Windows on ARM, right? In a in a in a, in a virtual machine on it. Right, and then the Windows is uh, is basically able to do some some our x86 emulation, which is then passed through uh, Rosetta behind the scenes, uh, right, for compatibility reasons, and then uh, kind of uh, yeah. Uh, 
kind of gets executed, right? Uh, and uh, this should work theoretically surprisingly well, right? So people were able to to play quite demanding games, uh, so games that right. would usually need a, a discrete, very powerful graphics card, right? They were able to play this on an M1 Max, which is by itself really awesome, right? Given the fact that this machine is, uh, is uh, I mean, kidding a little bit, but by itself just having the form factor of a, of a, of a bigger graphics card, let's say, right? Sure. Yeah, I mean, you said it's, it, it works surprisingly well. Yeah, I think you're right. It's it's surprising to me that this works at all. What you described, all the emulation steps on top of them, each one of them could go wrong, could have a bug on it. Um, oh, it, it it sounds it sounds horrible, sort of from a from a tech stack point of view. I, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, surprised yeah, it works at all. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. It's <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, surprisingly I mean, but... well. What what yeah. people what people kind of reported is that uh, they they sometimes see some some effect that uh, uh, the game freezes for a short moment, which is not actually uh, uh, related to uh, to the graphics power, but uh, seems to be some buffering effect or whatever, right? Uh, which is mm. also interesting. So maybe this is a side effect of the emulation, right? Uh, I mean, some, something like this, right? If you hear something like, yeah, the game is is uh, standing still for a second or whatever, right? Uh, immediately reminds me of something like Garbage Collection, right? So, But I, I guess this is not the case here, right? Because it's very close to our system software, which is uh, hopefully not using uh, uh, anything which does too heavy garbage collection yeah garbage collection or or some task that comes in with higher priority and because there are so many emulation levels the priority prioritization is getting it wrong or yeah Yeah. something like that yeah yeah, maybe maybe it is some kind of garbage collection, right? I mean, not garbage collection in the in the context of uh, programming or whatever. Um, maybe garbage collection in the context of uh, some some on-demand memory allocation and freeing mm. it up again and so on, right? Because yeah. with this emulation, there there needs to be also some some additional overhead regarding the the memory management. Uh, yeah, of say, course, right? memory mapping. So, and memory I, defragmentation I, and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, know exactly. if that is still a thing exactly. these days, but um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is indeed. It is. Yeah. So could imagine that something like this, uh, as you said, uh, either, either something like moving garbage uh, away or maybe uh, yeah, defracking uh, memory or whatever it is, right? Is mm. uh, uh, any, a specific job is maybe causing those, those little hiccups, right? But a- anyway... Uh, besides of those little hiccups, which are indeed not uh, good for something like competitive games, but maybe you don't mind uh, if you play other games uh, too much, right? It is actually really awesome to to see what, and I'm, I mean, don't want to sound too much like an Apple fanboy, but it's awesome to see that this performance is is basically put into the form factor of a of a MacBook Pro, right? Uh, and mm. uh, is is keeping up with uh, with higher class graphics cards, right? Uh, let's see. Yeah, I think ARM has has moved forward in in big leaps in in recent times. I think ARM might might be the sort of the the one that eats everybody's lunch. In in AWS, you can run your Lambda function code, which is a serverless way to to run applications on ARM now, right? Which was recently something that was recently introduced. So 
and uh, to of course to much cost savings right because an arm cpu is cheaper and it also it, it consumes less power mm-hmm. right yeah, so indeed. It, it's just cheaper all around to run it indeed yeah i think it's uh it's going to be the future right uh, mm. but uh, let's see let's see i mean in mobile phones obviously it is already yes right? i was about <laughs> but, to say that yeah all our phones uh, have arms but uh, uh, in desktop computers or laptops, it was so far not yet. Um, and uh, yeah, even if mm. uh, if not everything works straight out of the box uh, on Apple, um, at least for us developers, right? For others, maybe it does. But uh, I think for us developers, there are still some some issues uh, here and there. And again, the containers I'm referring to were written in Golang, and maybe um, there there's a specific issue with this. I'm not sure. I, I think other containers I tried worked out of the box, uh, right? Mm. Uh, and uh, I think the proposal I found was to recompile, or not recompile, but re- to rebuild my containers based on the Docker files. But then um, um, all turtles all the way down, let's say, right? Uh, so I got then uh, a dependency <laughs> on another container and then yeah. Uh, yeah. I would need to build the other container again, right? With this architecture flag and uh, uh, yeah. But if I need to rebuild everything uh, from scratch, right, then what is the point of using emulation? Then I could rebuild it on ARM, right? It's a, it's a yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, just compile it natively, the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. I, I, exactly. Uh, so it doesn't make totally sense for me, right? It also doesn't make sense for me that, uh, that the Golang stuff is suffering in a, in, a, in a way. I mean, Golang is not hype, is not bytecode in the preload, right? It's natively compiled, or is it? Mm-hmm. I guess it is. Yeah, maybe. I'd, yeah, I think there's a runtime for it. I'm, I'm not sure, to be honest. I've never used Go. Yeah, maybe this is the problem. I'm not sure. Uh, in theory, those runtimes are kind of designed to abstract this uh, platform shit away from me, right? But uh, hmm. uh, let me see. Golang runtime. Uh, Googling it. Yeah. Yeah, not sure. Runtime oh. environment, go wanted, uh, cloud.go, cloud. Yeah, maybe there is, but I think you can also compile it natively, as far as I know. But it uh, uh, was a while ago when I worked with Golang. Uh, actually, I had only one project with it, and this was really uh, a small one, uh, let's say, and I, I only used it because it was fancy. <laughs> 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 uh so yeah uh, but maybe this is the problem right if there's a runtime uh then maybe the runtime screws it up in this case because the runtime is uh, expecting to run natively on a specific platform let's say right yeah, and then it, the the containerization is screwing this a little bit up because the runtime is bundled within the container right uh, yeah yeah sounds like something like that although that, that sort of thing's gonna get fixed right Somebody will figure it out and and patch yeah, it. Yeah, it's all yeah, open yeah. Source, they, they right? So. I, I mean, what will, needs to happen is basically that people just uh, build uh, containers uh, for so multi-platform containers are the answer, right? Yes. So you basically need to build your containers for the multi-platforms and deliver them, uh, let's say, the same way as you would need to build your C code for platform A and B and deliver it as an executable mm-hmm. if you want, right? If you want to deliver it as as that, right? not just a source code, <laughs> let's say, yeah. right? But uh, yeah, 
in, in a sense, you're right. Uh, someone just needs to put the effort in to, to build it for different platforms. And uh, the problem is this is not yet done, right? Uh, because uh, I think we are all too used to use, uh, let's say, x86 architectures. And uh, so far, containers kind of helped us to get rid of whatever, right? So they kind of abstracted everything away except the platform, the, the platform architecture, in a, in a sense. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, naja, anyway. So now I think actually, so to, to conclude this, uh, the uh, episode before Dockwork, right, was basically called Retrospective, which means that retrospective was actually the episode last year, right? Which was the retrospective of the previous year, right? Uh, so the, the so if this must makes sense. Be. Yeah, must be. I can't recall of an episode that might be talking about something else around retrospecting things. Exactly. So yeah, it must be that. Uh, I think you're yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Retrospective uh, means that uh, we... Uh, we kind of we recorded, so let's let's do something, right? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We recorded only seven episodes this year, right? Oh uh, wow! May, maybe That's... retrospective was also an episode uh, which we recorded in January. Um, so maybe eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So we need to do better, mm. Thomas. Right? We, we need to. Do, I agree. I agree. We wanted we wanted to do twelve, right? And we did maybe eight. Right. Uh, oh, that's not on, man. We need to do better. Yeah, you're right. 13 in total, let's say, right, uh, so far. But mm. we, we started last year, let's say, right? So it means, uh, okay. Uh, so we have 13 episodes in the books, and uh, next year we should have uh, 12 more, let's say, right? We should. We should go to 25 at the end of next year. Exactly. Mm. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I was even thinking about to increase the frequency. I'm not sure if this makes sense uh, for all listeners, I guess not. Uh, so I was wondering if it would make sense to have a weekly recording. But on the other hand side, I'm not, I will not find the time anyway to do a weekly recording. It's barely no. the case that we find the time to do it monthly, right? As we can see here. So Yeah, maybe I mean, yeah you're always busy. I mean, you're the, you're the critical path mostly of this whole operation. Ah, uh, so you blame yes. me. Because okay. you, you have a lot on, <laughs> yeah. You're, just, you're kind of a sort of big wig, uh, high flyer at Redis and also oh, have a big family and all man. that. So I'm amazed man, that you man. find time at all. And I'm not being sarcastic, I mean that. Nah, I'm, I mean, to be honest, as, as I mentioned already in the Dark Side episode, I, I'm trying to, to balance out uh, my work and my, my family stuff, right? And uh, sometimes I'm even, even uh, uh, yeah, giving up too much of my family stuff. So as you said, mm. I, it's, it says about this high flyer, blah, blah, shit. It's more about uh, that I'm also <laughs> needing to balance... Balance uh, uh, stuff stuff out. <laughs> Let's see, right? <laughs> nah, not rude, man. I don't mean it like that. But any, anyway, uh, so the 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 thing is, the thing is, uh, we need to do better, right? We need to do one episode per month. And I think what screwed a little bit little bit up this uh, year was basically the the holiday season, right? So we, yeah, we went that's into right. summer holidays and then we didn't do anything for maybe two months or longer, right? Yeah. That's true. Yeah. 
Well, need to yeah, fix this. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a good yeah. New Year's resolution. Exactly. Yeah. New Year's it's resolution. Good. Record more podcasts. Right. I would tell my wife, podcast. hey, <laughs> uh, I have a New Year's resolution. Record more podcasts with, with Thomas. Right? That's it. Yeah, that's going to go down. Yeah, my New Year's resolution. Spend less time with my family. Yay. <laughs> 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 exactly uh, oh so dear I'm, yeah. I'm going to be killed anyway uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think um, okay what else uh, do you have any other uh, new year's resolutions or? well for me it oh, I, I had the same new year's resolution last year that I wanted to dive deep or dive deeper into machine learning I say deeper because I already had it at university but that is of course 20 years ago so uh, you know the state of the art would have moved forward by then and I I actually needed a lot a lot for my job so I I absolutely need to get on sort of the latest knowledge of this I said this last year and, and somehow yeah there was other stuff uh, other stuff coming up at work that meant that I ended up doing a lot of sort of plumbing and frameworky stuff but i'd i'd like to get a little bit away from that next year to dive deeper into machine learning and get closer to actual customer projects and solving customer problems so that's that's my main resolution also obviously lose weight so you've lost a lot of weight which i find amazing it's really great so yeah, well done I've, I've said this a lot of times but again well done on this and yeah, I, I need to lost follow 30 kilo to... 30 kilograms but i, oh, I gained is... i did gain two again right so which means i'm now at oh. uh, having lost 28 which is still not oh. bad but uh, oh yeah. no only 28 <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's still it's, amazing it's fantastic yeah, psy psychologically it's a little bit like oh i lost it feels 30 like kilograms right and then yeah, and then but, the, but gaining still. two again is like oh man i gained yeah, no it's oh, going backwards yeah no i i hear you i hear you yeah, winter, but, i mean winter, it's, it's, it's winter christmas now problem, right exactly christmas so there are christmas and christian and stuff Absolutely. like this right it's, it's killing yeah. me it's, nobody is losing weight over christmas it just doesn't work so yeah. i'm going to start next year as well I, I want to exercise more do more swimming swimming my favorite sport and do more walking and and lose eat less lose weight so that's that's the other one yeah sort of do that the deep dive uh, sharpen the sword sort of professionally and be a bit more healthy really so these are the two main things yeah, I think well, profes I professionally, what I what I need to do next year is uh, to consolidate some of this stuff, uh, some of the projects I already started, and uh, mm. kind of. Uh, I mean, they are on track now, and uh, I'm I'm now in a phase that uh, I I kind of need to consolidate them to a degree that I uh, kind of put some stuff in place uh, around them, if this makes sense. Something like. Uh, yeah, more data-driven decision making, right? Yeah. Uh, better reporting, uh, some some stuff which is uh, more automated here and there, right? Uh, I think this will keep me busy next year, right? So basically, existing projects uh, that uh, need more attention in in order to pr be uh, productionized mm -hmm. a bit more, right? Uh, let's see, productionized, uh, solidify. Yeah, I get you. Makes sense. 
Exactly. Um, I will take some other projects on. So I have already some uh, ideas which I developed. Um, um, and yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, maybe too early to talk about this stuff. But uh, yeah, uh, so there, there are so is some stuff in the pipeline professionally and uh, personally <laughs> want to be able to master my e-scooter no just kidding because i had a had a little accident with it right so uh, <laughs> as, as i yeah, already I told you uh, which I, is totally know, ridiculous right and it's like uh yeah so i hope christoph doesn't listen to this episode because it would give him a point about the hipster shit which he mentioned in in, the, in, in our <laughs> podcast recording right but it's uh <laughs> uh, anyway yeah. uh, actually more dangerous than than i thought that they are but maybe i just enjoyed this thing a little bit too much which uh, then ended up in in a, in a small accident i, I mean i'm fine right uh, nothing too problematic the scooter is fine as well and how oh, good uh, <laughs> uh, didn't you put it to the to the sporty setting and it's somehow was too sporty something like that uh, it's fine if you don't want to go into the details I just, <laughs> no no exactly the same. I, i'm so, i'm glad you're okay but there, there is a sort of a, a comical angle to it if you there, don't mind yeah. me saying <laughs> so so let's say it this way right so when i when i purchased it is purchased it it was initially at the, the eco mode right so eco mode means that it's not mm -hmm. as accelerating as quick as it could uh, and the 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 max speed is also not as as high, but yeah. uh, it saves so maximizing some, uh, the range. Yeah, yeah, maximizes the range exactly. And uh, I was wondering, like, when I compare it to the the ones you can rent of different vendors, like Bolt, Lime, whatever, right? Uh, so so meaning, I was wondering why it does not have the same acceleration behavior, so why it is worse than that. And then I watched a YouTube video where a guy was explaining, and hey hey, let's try the the sport mode so i found out that my e-scooter specifically has uh, <laughs> three modes i think something like eco uh, drive and sport and so i said yeah let's have fun and let's put it into the sport mode and the problem is that they <coughs> kind of accelerate quite a bit and uh, this is normally okay right i would say but uh what i did is i i went down downhill uh, a bridge let's say right so a metal bridge which was going down a bit and then i uh, accelerated at the wrong time uh, let's say which then caused that i i was doing a perfect wheelie for something like uh I would say maybe two meters until I hit the ground, <laughs> right? <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah I, I basically underestimated a little bit how much this thing would in this mode accelerate, uh, let's say. And uh, I also kind of underestimated how the uh, yeah uh, the weight is balanced out, right? So uh, it's it's a little bit uh, was a bit stupid from by me uh, let's say but uh, it happens i'm just glad uh, you're okay yeah yeah it's, it's you're okay. Uh, it took me yeah. it took me uh, took me two weeks and i could walk again normally but uh, mm. uh besides of that everything everything is good i, I yeah. mean, and i i will enjoy this in summer right now it's winter course, anyway yeah. which means that uh it would not be a good idea to use it but uh yeah uh, again right so little my the hipster me right a little bit like uh, <laughs> i'm not a hipster by the way right for all the listeners don't buy into this i'm not but uh in this case also i was just i was just enjoying myself a little bit too much right i was just sure, like yeah uh, 
They're still illegal in this country, by the way. I just, we went to Costco today and there were e-scooters there and there was a big sign. Don't use them on a public road, you know, but, but do buy one, but don't use it on a public road. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, my my one has a has a normal sign, right? So it has an insurance yeah. and stuff like that, right? So we really... don't have that. They're completely illegal in the UK. Uh, well, I think so, I pay yeah. something like twenty five bucks or half yeah. a year or something like that. I'm not sure, right? But yeah. um, manageable. So they mm. it's it's really cheap. It's like uh, and I mean the max speed is I'm not sure, right? Twenty miles or twenty kilometers per hour. I think is the maximum speed they can have. Which is uh, which is explaining why they are uh, why they are kind of uh, yeah uh, they're cheap uh, in in insurance. But uh, on the other hand, side uh, twenty kilometers per hour are sufficient uh, uh, to to kind of harm you if you do something oh, yeah, stupid. Yeah. If you them, hit right? a brick wall with twenty kph, then you're gonna yeah. notice. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 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 yeah, maybe I'm getting too old for this stuff. Right. Uh, it's uh, yeah, my childish, uh, my childish uh, uh, self, which is kind of oh, I mean, I mean, to be honest, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm with you. That they just that they seem to make sense. I mean, they're they're fast. You can take them with you on a train or on a bus or whatever. They they just make a lot of sense, especially if you live sort of in a in a a city or or town sort of area. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, so the if, ma- if the they ma- ever force me to go back to the to the office a lot, then I don't know. Maybe I'll. Yeah, I mean, I like I kind of did buy it uh, because I I mean, actually, I did buy it more or less for one situation by by because I wanted to have one anyway. But uh, the 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 reason why I did buy it and finally was the was excuse. basically yeah. yeah yeah the excuse the excuse is a good <laughs> word was was basically that i that i had my car in the garage right and the gar- garage was a little bit in the middle of nowhere and um so i developed this plan of uh, maybe getting uh, a rental car from the airport port which was maybe something like four kilometers away uh from from the from the garage so you would not potentially not walk this maybe you could but uh, i mean i would not walk this uh, from the garage to the airport in order to pick up a, a rental car let's say right and uh, so i had this idea hey what would be the best way to solve my my situation or uh, that i want to have a rental car but there's no rental car close by available uh, uh, at the garage i mean sure i could have taken a taxi or whatever right but uh, 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 there was this idea developed in my in my head <laughs> Which was like, hey, wouldn't it be cool to just have an e-scooter which you can fold together, put in the, into the booth of the of the car, right? Uh, and if you bring it back, you you just leave it there, take your e-scooter, go down uh, uh, to the city, pick up your your car, and then drive home. Uh, so I I kind of thought, okay, hey, this is actually a cool extension or range extension uh, for for towns and cities uh, of your actual car, right? And this is how yeah, I yeah, how is. I used it, yeah, right? That's a good so, way of seeing it. Yeah. So basically, what I did is okay. Fine. Uh, pick up the uh, the car or the so leave the rental car uh, 
pick up my own car, put it there, and uh, again, range extension. And actually, it also makes sense for people that are going to bigger cities where you don't want to to be in the in the traffic with your own car, yes. right? Because parking is a nightmare and stuff like this. Yeah, you park a bit outside the town and then mm-hmm. use the thing to get in. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, a- exactly. You, you just use this one to get in and you don't need to use public transport. I mean, depends on how, how, you, how much you like public transport, but... Uh, let's say I'm, I'm I developed a little bit uh, yeah I'm not I'm not against it let's say I think it's in, in general a good idea to have public transport but especially in the times of corona right um, I'm, mm, I'm actually a bit yeah. scared of sitting in a sitting in a in a in a closed room <laughs> uh, mm. with a lot of other passengers that maybe don't take care of uh, the uh, take care too much of not infecting others, right? Uh, so uh, given this this slight fear, I have to admit, right? I uh, I found it kind of attractive to have uh, a little device which is extending the range of my car, which uh, uh, prevents uh, that I'm that I'm needing to use a, a kind of mobile closed room with a lot of other people in it, right? You're not alone. You're definitely not alone. I know that in this country, so many people switched from public transport to to commute via a scooter, like a little motorbike, that the government agency that issues the relevant licenses is so overwhelmed that they are months behind. Interesting. Right. So, so, so you're not alone with this at all. I'm just noticing this because my littlest son is now old enough to get get a motorbike, right? And you need to get the appropriate uh, license. They call it a provisional license here, and then you have to do the test and get a proper license, right? Blah blah blah. But anyway, so you just apply for that, and normally it takes a week to get around it. We are now waiting for two months, and apparently this is the, currently the state of that government agency that they are so far behind because of all these new scooter commuter people. Scooter as in not your kind of scooter, but sort of a, mm-hmm, you know, like a petrol it's... scooter, little yeah, yeah, motorbike yeah, like thing. A, like a motorbike. 50cc or whatever. Yeah. Moped. Moped, that's it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah, I found this pretty much more. I mean, uh, uh, actually, I only got it for picking up my my car from the garage again when I when I kind of uh, initially uh, had to bring it there. What I did is I, I decided for the public transport to go back home, right? And my mm. garage, unfortunately, uh, is not really close by to my hometown, uh, which is uh, a kind of disadvantage of living in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> let's say, yeah. right? But uh, so, and I didn't feel comfortable in the bus, right? Really not. Uh, I mean, some people didn't wear masks. Some people did wear masks. Some people uh, were sniffing and so on, right? And uh, maybe, maybe it's just me being oversensitive. But uh, if, and this is maybe also interesting for for this episode, right? Uh, this retrospective episode, in in a sense, this is also something which happened uh, this year, right? Uh, corona did something with us this year and the year before, and uh, mm. I got much more, uh, let's say, 
it already got better now, right? But uh, there were periods where I was really scared about going to a restaurant or whatever uh, because I had yeah. a fear to get infected. And it was literally, yeah. literally a little bit crazy, right? I, I mean, my, my wife was a bit more relaxed and she was uh, looking at me and saying, hey, what the fuck, right? So you get relaxed and... Uh, we, we we can't keep everything away from us, right? Uh, because of it, and she's right. But I was really like, ah, I'm not sure. I don't want, want to get inside. I disinfected my hands far too often. <laughs> stuff, <laughs> stuff like this. But uh, I, I'm not sure, right? It, uh, I, I think it's a psychological effect which just happens mm. with you if you're living in a pandemic, right? So... Uh, and uh, yeah it just it just does stuff to you yeah exactly it's pretty much the, the, yeah the, the same for me I, I was worried to go to restaurants i i preferred ordering online if i could but no. yeah i mean your wife is right at some point you just have to say okay i guess this is the reality we live in now yeah, and, exactly. um, I mean, I'm, I'm triple vaccinated. You are probably as well. And twice, you, twice, I still need twice. to get the booster. Not because I don't want to get the booster, but it's, uh, it's not. Uh, I actually need to check if it is possible. But the last time I checked, it was not yet possible for my age to get it. Uh, so I probably mm -hmm. check again, right? And then, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So at some point, yeah. So hopefully. If, if you then get it with all the vaccinations you get it but at least it you know doesn't kill you so that's something yeah i mean this is also already the promise for the for the two uh uh shots let's say right but again it changed again it's fine i will get the third one as well indeed i will get the third one indeed as well but uh yeah there, there is this uh, this kind of bitter taste still right and and maybe uh, again right the listeners might think now this guy is crazy or whatever but uh reality is i'm i'm not feeling comfortable right now to take a public transport right i'm really not because uh, uh um, people I, at least here in germany are not always behaving responsible right uh, even mm. even not in hospitals i mean i went to a hospital my uh, 14 year old son had a little accident uh, uh, two, a week ago not nothing problematic at all right but we had to go okay. to the emergency room to get it checked and it was nothing but uh, uh, at the end uh, I was there waiting with a lot of other people in the emergency room right uh, so meaning in the lobby of the emergency room uh, to to get uh, our, yeah, to see a doctor and uh, even, even the people in this emergency room right close room in a hospital right old people around Around you uh, that are kind mm. of uh, part of the risk group some of them uh, even even uh, yeah we're obviously not in the best shape uh, let's say right and and you have people that are kind of removing the mask in this room in order to drink something or uh, even if they sniff here and there or they clean their noses in this room <laughs> instead of going outside uh, in order to do this right so people just don't behave uh, in the right ways right uh, i'm not sure why but this is the case and this is the same in public transport right and even if they don't want to do any harm to you there there's a is a good chance that they are basically mm. uh, screwing it up and it's completely out of your control because you can't leave this bus or uh, train cabin or whatever right so um and this kind of inspired this idea to have an e-scooter for uh, okay. short distances right maybe stupid understandable but uh, no yeah. it's not stupid at all it's totally understandable i i totally get it i i, I wish i could say yeah it's fine but 
Yeah, I don't know. I hope it is. You know, it, it's fine to go to public transport. But yeah, I mean, you have a good point. There's nothing really I can I can say against it. Yeah. Yeah, again, personal personal fears, feelings, whatever, sure. right? I, I, but on on the other hand side, right, uh, we we need to take those those kind of emotions as well or uh, kind of uh, into account. Uh, why not, right? Uh, so I mean, mm. people want to have the want to have the right to not get vaccinated, which is wrong from my point of view. But it's it's their it's their right to do it or not to do it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Fine. Then I have the right to complain about that I don't like to be in a bus with someone who is not behaving correctly in the context of this pandemic, right? <laughs> that's, oh, yeah, absolutely. That's just how it is, right? Of course, absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, so I, I'm not sure how this ended less funny than we started, uh, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a bit more of a somber tone, but to be fair, it's been a somber year, right? So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, all, it's exactly. all fitting. Exactly. It it ends like the year was in a sense, right? The year was uh, mixed feelings, right? We had good things, we had bad things, uh, we had uh, technology-wise great uh, things, we had uh, personally great mm-hmm. things, we had bad things. And on the other side, we, we had this kind of shitty pandemic, which is not going away uh, any time soon, right? Uh, which no. will uh, kind of, uh, yeah, I guess... We were- yeah, we were hoping we were done by this time. You know, it's been two years now, but now with this whole Omicron thing, hmm, yeah, looks like we're not quite done at all. Yeah, it's not over. I guess we, we just need to get used to it at some point, right? I, I guess it. It's re- going to be re- the yearly re- flu at some point. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And we, we all hope that we reach this point it's, uh, in, in a way, right? Uh, but, yeah. yeah. So, just yeah. Just waiting, yeah. So summarizing it summarizing it we had a bunch of really cool episodes dear listeners right uh, just uh, just listen to them right if you didn't do already listen to them right yeah, if, you, if you if you did already right then recommend them to your friends <laughs> <laughs> and of course thank you for listening yeah thank you for listening yeah everyone out there who is listening to our stuff um, um you don't have a life. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No, no, no. Don't take this uh, personal. Mean, I'm, I'm just if, kidding. If they don't have a life, what does it say about us? We are yeah, making indeed, it. Indeed. <laughs> uh, we are in this uh, house of glass. I'm not sure how you say yeah, exactly. this in English, but uh, maybe this is the saying <laughs> there as well. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, we are happy to not have a life for you, right? Uh, so for your purpose, in order to give you some fun, maybe, maybe not, um, but hopefully, uh, hopefully yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, we wish everyone out there nice winter holidays. If you celebrate Christmas, then Merry Christmas and uh, indeed uh, a Happy New Year, right? And uh, we hope to see you again uh, uh, next next year, right? So thank you very much and uh, see you. Goodbye.